0: Love, talk, radio. Welcome. Welcome to Rise to the Top, a college football betting podcast with your host and number one college football handicapper, Freddie Wills. Welcome back college football bettors. This is Freddie Wills. Welcome to another episode in an of Rise to the Top, a college football betting podcast. This is our third podcast of the preseason. And I'm going to start rolling this week with three or four more podcasts planned. Last time we talked about some of the top surprise teams in the Power 5 conferences who, you know, who aren't in the top 10 discussion, but that I would feel could sneak up and thus have betting value. And today we're going to get into some of the non-Power Five. Uh, Teams, uh, five teams to be exact. But uh, before we do so, for those that are new to the show, that want to know a little bit more about me and this podcast, I want to make sure you know that you are not wasting your time here. We talk only about college football, and we try to do it under thirty minutes. uh, Perfect for you know your car ride into work or your car ride home. Uh, This is a college football betting podcast, so another thing, there's tons of college football podcasts out there, but I thrive myself on giving you betting information as it relates to college football. Uh, I try to give listeners, again, as I said, great information weekly from a betting perspective, just some things I have learned over the years. While I'm still relatively young, I'm 32 years old, I have been doing this professionally, handicapping college football for almost 10 years. I'm very humble, confident that you will find value in this podcast and hopefully make money. If you have the ability to become a client and invest in my premium content, there's a ton of information obviously out there. You can research about me or other college football betters on freddywills.com. But here, let me give you some bullet points of things that I think you need to know. Number one career profit leader on SportsCapping.com. It's a network of sports handicappers that, who do this professionally. Some that have been in the business over 30 years And um, I'm the number one career profit leader for college football. And to be honest, it's not even close. Unlike many of other professional handicappers out there, I solely concentrate on football. As of last season, I truly have found college football as my niche. I'm entering my ninth year of college football handicapping. I've profited in seven out of eight years. Uh, The one year I didn't profit, it was a 4% return on investment loss, negative 4%. And, you know, I've gone 7-1 against the spread in the national championship game. I've won over 60% against the spread in my career for clients on my biggest college football plays. And, you know, over eight years of data, you can expect uh, around a 47% return on investment. That's average per year. Although last year was a bit rough at 34.21%, it still exceeded the 90-year average of the S&P 500, which is around 10%. Obviously, what does this all mean? You guys are pretty smart if you're listening to this podcast. and uh, if you do want to compare investing in my college football plays to the stock market, I have a pretty cool article linked in the show notes. and uh, obviously, I would never recommend you put all your uh, eggs in one basket. It's really nice to kind of d- diversify your portfolio like I do. I invest in the stock market, but I also invest in sports betting. so if if you're here and if you're here just for some fun, why not? Subscribe to Freddy's Premium Sports Picks Newsletter, free at freddywills.com. And sorry to hit you guys with all this advertising and marketing crap, but uh, it, it is how I uh, pay to do this. It, it, it does pay the bills. So uh, it's just one email once per week. Trust me, I hate spam more than anyone. And you can unsubscribe at any time, uh, but I promise I, I'm not going to be one to overwhelm you with emails. It's It's a pretty much cut and dry one email. I give you a premium play. Um, that you're not used to getting from handicappers. You can also get a free play on my website, so you can get two plays from me at no cost every week for college football. So uh, that's the deal, Uh, and I only uh, allow uh, my uh, podcast listeners to take advantage of that. So let's talk about the non-Power 5 Surprise Teams. I have five to talk about today. These teams, you know, they're not going to contend for a national title, but they will be in the mix for a New Year's Day bowl game and also on my list for betting value in key situations throughout the season, especially when they uh, step it up and and play some of the big boys. So we'll get into that a little bit throughout the, the call. Let me just pull up a website here before I get started just so I, you know, uh, I'm not giving you guys bad information, which is the worst thing I could possibly do. Uh, it is still early; the season is, you know, three weeks away, and uh, I'm still brushing up on some knowledge. And obviously, once we get into the season, it's gonna be, it's gonna be like a sixth sense for me to just recall different information. But uh, we're gonna start out of the MAC conference, and I'm, I'm going with Ohio Bobcats. Uh, we have Frank Solik in his 13th year here. This team returns. Thirteen starters, okay, nothing crazy, but uh, should be in a good position to schedule-wise to be in contention and get into that MAC title with a chance at winning it for the first time since 1968. Uh, that will be amazing if they can do that. Let's let's be honest here. Um, as we all know from my previous podcast, if you listen to me in the past, I usually rate the MAC West higher over the MAC East, and, and there's a lot of data that supports that. A lot of uh, history going back into uh, recruiting advantages from Mac West teams. But uh, this year I thought Ohio has a great shot with their schedule and everything to get into that title game, and then you never know. Uh, They do draw Toledo out of the West, but this team has a deep stable of running backs behind an experienced offensive line that could put them in the title game. In my opinion, it it really comes down to the schedule, which is going to help them quite a bit uh, this year. Moving on to the second team, South Florida, head coach Willie Taggart departs for the Oregon job, and we'll actually get into that, uh, some of the the coaching carousel. A little late, but it's actually good because you probably heard about it a lot early spring, and now you you probably forgot who took over where, and uh, I'm going to go into that in depth in a new podcast and give you a little history on uh, how first-year coaches do against the spread. Like, uh, I did talk about in 2016, first-year head coaches. So we'll actually do a couple podcasts on head coaching because I think it's a a big reason why teams cover the spread in college football. We'll go over some of the guys who are in their second year and what that means, you know, second year in their program and and whatnot and how that will benefit them from a betting perspective. So South Florida here, I, I think they're a surprise team even though they lose their head coach. Charlie Strong takes over. He was fired from Texas, as you know. So let's just talk about strong for a bit here, because I still do believe he is a good coach and that's going to, in my opinion, get us some betting value early in the season. There are many, many doubters of this, of his ability to coach, but a coach that is willing to make changes to his philosophy in order to win to me is a great coach. And I I know the numbers didn't happen there at Texas. I, I think it's very hard. There's a lot of pressure for coaches to win at Texas. And I think maybe strong just wasn't a good, good fit. Um, but, Strong showed an ability to be flexible by bringing in an offensive coordinator with an up-tempo offense, but that obviously backfired on him. You know, to be honest, Strong's place at Texas never felt right, and I don't know quite what it was. It it could have been the pressure, but I, I can't say for sure. Either way, I'm excited for what this South Florida team can achieve this year. For starters, this team will have 16 guys coming back, which includes nine on defense, and they will get their star quarterback, Quentin Flowers, back. All this guy did last year was run for 1,530 yards while also throwing for nearly 3,000, all the while throwing 24 touchdowns to just seven interceptions and completing 62% of his passes. Flowers, I I mean, he's he's a stud, and the schedule looks right for this South Florida team to actually run the table. Uh, they get Houston at home as well as Temple. They're probably their two toughest opponents, and they should be favorites in maybe all 12 games. So a 12 and 0 season would put Strong obviously back on the map and South Florida in a New Year's Day bowl game. They obviously they lose they lose their star running back in Marlon Mack. I think uh, he went over to the NFL. Uh, let's see where he's playing or where he got drafted, but, uh, he didn't even lead this team in rushing last year. So I'm not too concerned with that. Uh, he's actually with the Colts. So, uh, if you forgot about that, he was drafted and, uh, he's playing with the Colts, but, uh, I'm not even that concerned because South Florida, as I mentioned, they got the quarterback who was able to put up a lot of rushing yards. And then they have some, some other guys uh, that are upperclassmen that can step in and, uh, do well here with all the starters on the offensive line. I think, uh, I don't think we're going to, I don't think we're going to miss much from this team, a uh, team that, uh, won a lot of games last year and, uh, really proved to be uh, a really good team. I mean, they beat South Carolina in their bowl game and sec opponent. Uh, that was impressive. Uh, they hung with Florida state early in the year for a bit, gave them a little scare. Um, but, uh, overall this, this team is, uh, on the up and up. So I I really think that uh, we can probably find some betting value with them uh, this year. So hopefully by now that you know that I know what I'm talking about, head on over to freddywills.com, take a look at my early bird season pass. I'll give you $200 refund after your purchase, or you can contact me for a discount code. All my contact information are in the show notes. You can also also follow me on Twitter at freddywills.com. And uh, obviously, if you give me a five-star review on iTunes or any kind of feedback, I, I definitely welcome it and would be happy to give you uh, another discount for that as well. All right, three more to go. Uh, we're going heading over to the Sun Belt with Appalachian State. This team returned 14 starters from last year's team. Uh, this team went 10-3 and last year. On offense, a uh, big key is, uh, you know, they'll bring the quarterback back and Taylor Lamb, he's coming back for a senior year. Lamb fought through some injuries last year and had a very down year, to be honest, but I'm expecting uh, a little bit of a rebound year from him in 2017. I mean, when you look at Lamb, and again, he had a lot of new guys as well. Um, I don't think he was 100% all last year, and uh, let's just take a look at his stats last year. You know, he did complete 60% of his passes, but seven yards per attempt, 15 touchdowns, eight interceptions, nothing special, and this team still went 10-3. and three. In 2015, he had 31 touchdowns to 9 interceptions and over uh, 8 yards per attempt. So, obviously, the potential is there. He's got another year with those guys, and I think uh, he's poised for his best year. Now, Lamb has a better supporting cast, as I mentioned, um, with both his top running backs coming back, Jalen Moore and uh, also receiver Sheedon Metters returning at wide receiver, which should only help, um, you know, Matters is kind of a deep threat. Uh, He averaged 20 yards per reception last year, so uh, I I expect him to have a big year as a junior. And then, uh, of course, uh, Jalen Moore, 731 yards rushing last year as a freshman. I think he's going to come back and have a great year as well. The schedule also sets up nicely for them as they avoid the next two top teams in the Sun Belt and Troy and Arkansas state. Obviously last year they had to face Arkansas state, uh, which was a, a great game. If you're able to watch it, obviously it's not one of those games on major television network, but, uh, I, that was one of the games I you know, I get four screens going on a Saturday during the college football season. That was one of the games I was locked into, um, because I actually, uh, had some money on the game and, uh, it was, it was a great game. I thought. And, uh, You know, unfortunately, they avoid them this year. So uh, we'll see what happens with uh, how they do this year in the conference. But uh, I'm picking them to win it. And, uh, again, they're another team that could run the table. So let's head on over to Tulsa. We spoke about this team in depth a year ago when Philip Montgomery came over as their new head coach from Baylor. All he did in his first year at Tulsa was achieve something that has never been done in college football. He had, 3, 000, he had a 3,000-yard passer, two 1,000-yard rushers, and two 1,000-yard receivers. That's never been done. This team returns 13 starters and four of those five players that we just talked about, including their starting quarterback. Actually, I'm sorry. <laughs> four out of those five players, including their starting quarterback, are actually gone, uh, which is why I think this is a surprise team. Betting value. Because hey, so, someone's going to see that. Hey, all these all these guys are gone on offense. Like, how can this team contend? Um, I think we get early season betting value on this team, and uh, that's something you got to look for. And I'm 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 backing them because of the coaching. I really think that uh, Philip Montgomery has done an excellent job here. Tulsa has had good teams in the past, despite uh, a very small school for a Division One program. Many are going to see. You know, those lost players, and I, again, that will mean betting value for me. And I, I think uh, Philip Montgomery, um, he did this quite, quite a bit at Baylor with the first year quarterbacks. I think this offense will continue to click while the defense actually improves for a second year in a row. Uh, Philip Montgomery, a little bit of a quarterback whisperer, in my opinion. Um, Tulsa, a year ago, had to face, uh, let's head on to the schedule, but the, Tul- Tulsa had to face three had to face the top three teams from the Western Division, and all of those games were on the road. So this year, their toughest game is at South Florida, who we previously mentioned, but they'll be home against Navy, Houston, and Temple. I can easily see a 10-2 and year for this team, and I see a lot of betting value along the way as they take on Oklahoma State in the first week who returned just five guys on defense. I mean, if you want to take if you want a strong offensive team to face a a team when they're least experienced at the start of the season, I mean, that's, that's going to be a hell of a game to look at. And uh, just, just so I can check right now, because I want to see what uh, the lines are for that game. Um, It's never too early to look right. Tulsa is a 17 point dog at Oklahoma state. A lot of people are picking Oklahoma state to get to the big 12 championship game against Oklahoma. Eh, I mean, We'll, we'll we'll get we'll get there later in another podcast but uh I think Tulsa some betting value to open up week 1 at Oklahoma State uh definitely something to look at um so the last team on the list today we're going to talk about is Colorado State this will be Mike Bobo's third year and they open the season up in their new stadium which is exciting the Rams return their starting quarterback all three primary backs their top two receiving targets and all conference center three of their Top four defensive linemen, nearly every linebacker and nearly every defensive back. All right, you get what I'm talking about here. This is a team that really caught fire down the stretch of last season. Uh, They returned 14 total starters, and they avoid some of the best teams in the conference. Not having to face San Diego State is one of them. It's hard not to discuss the fact that they do have to go on the road to face Alabama. They open up against two Pac-12 teams, but both games are winnable. In fact, they might even be favored in both games against Oregon State and Colorado. And, again, I'll check the live lines right now. Uh, Again, if you head on over to my uh, website, sportsbetcapping.com, and you click Schedule, you can uh, get a list of all the odds, uh, live odds, and uh, what premium handicappers on the site. Again, I go against 100 handicappers, professional handicappers. And uh, if a game interests you and you want someone's opinion on it, uh, you can go over and click the Schedule on sportsbetcapping.com. But let's check it out. Colorado State opens up saturday august twenty sixth they they are a three and a half point favorite against oregon state their early line movement uh they open up as a two and a half dog and uh quickly move to a favorite so obviously a lot of uh a lot of um i don't think a lot of public is betting on college football yet, so that indicates a lot of sharp money um And, uh, you know, doing my due diligence and research, it it definitely seems like Colorado State's going to have a very good team this year, kind of an under-the-radar year. And you wouldn't expect them to be favored against a Pac-12 opponent, but that's exactly what we have. Uh, You know, looking at this team, um, they might even be favored in both games against the two Pac-12 teams. Like I mentioned, Colorado is down this year. The only other game I see them as a dog in is obviously against Boise State, and, and this team could have some betting value along the way, and uh, definitely a team to keep an eye on this year as uh, one of those under the radar teams, surprise teams in the non-power five. Uh, I I could see them winning ten games. Another team that can win ten games, and and you wouldn't you wouldn't think of it. I mean, a couple of years ago, Jim McElwain, now head coach at Florida, had this team. I mean, rocking and rolling, getting guys to the NFL. I mean, uh, there's definitely some pipeline of uh, players uh, out there to recruit from. So I definitely uh, am interested to see if um, my predictions hold hold up to be true. And uh, we'll see right off the bat. They they're scheduled to be the first college football game off the off the bat, Oregon State at Colorado State that Saturday, August 26, 2:30. So uh, and it's gonna be on CBS Sports. So take a look at that. So that wraps up today's show. If this is your first time listening to my podcast, please make sure you subscribe and give me a good review. If you enjoyed what you heard, you can do so by searching rise to the top or college football betting on your podcast app. Of course, I'm the number one college football betting uh, podcast on iTunes. So make sure you head on over to iTunes if you're an Apple fan, Um, but we're on most apps, most uh, podcast apps. I also forgot to mention that up on the website, sportsbetcapping.com, you can get free and premium picks from other experts who dominate and are considered niche experts in their sports. We have archived records, other research mechanisms that you can find and and do your own research before investing or or following their free picks even. So uh, go to sportsbetcapping.com, see leaderboards and articles on who to follow. So that concludes today's podcast. Odds are you are a diehard college football fan and if you're still listening, and you're already listening to the best information out there for college football betting, and I truly appreciate your support. Visit freddywills.com. Leave me a note on Twitter, at freddywills. That's Freddie with a Y, by the way. Uh, So take care, and until next time, which will be very soon, Subscribe to Freddy's Premium Sports Picks Newsletter, free at freddywills.com.